Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. It's all grist for the mill. I'm pretty sure this expression is going the way of hold your horses, roll up the window, like a broken record, and hang up the phone. I'm going to attempt to rescue it today, though, because it really is a fabulous aphorism on the spiritual path. It's all grist for the mill means every experience has something to teach us here in soul school everything that comes into our life can be deployed as a lesson inquiring minds want to know what is grist grist is grain corn or wheat usually that can be brought to the mill to grind into flour. At the heart of a grist mill are two millstones, those huge round grooved stones with a hole in the middle. These days they're mostly lawn decorations for old New England properties. But when flour is ground at the mill and in some places such as the Somerset Mill at the heart of Skowhegan, Maine, it still is. Those stones lie flat one on top of the other, one turning while the other remains stationary. And the grist is poured in from above, ground between the stones, and emerges as flour below. And from flour comes bread. In this gluten-free, low-carb, meal replacement, superfood era, it is easy to forget that bread has been, for all of our post-hunter-gatherer history, the literal stock of life. Christian Ford, whose profession is food quality, writes, Jesus demonstrated his divinity with bread miracles. From ancient Rome, two things only the people desire, bread and circus games. To the Reformation, with bread, all sorrows are less. To the Industrial Revolution, bread for all, and roses too. The nutritional and symbolic center of the Western diet has been our daily bread. But there's something very special about the mill that's at the heart of the expression, it's all grist for the mill. Here's Christian Ford reporting from Skowhegan after being invited to lie down on top of the mill's enclosure in order to get a good photo. The wood was big and warm, he writes, emanating the soft scent of the grain, the runner stone breathing beneath me, and the damsel rhythmically thumping. I forgot about the shot as a profound peace settled, a kind of enveloping rightness that makes your eyes want to close and your thoughts drift. 
It's a rare feeling, a primal feeling. In this moment, I was the most recent to discover what centuries of mill families had also discovered, that if they cradled their restless and colically infants on the mill's vat, the warm heartbeat of the stones would lull the child to sleep. To be in the presence of a circling millstone and make no mistake, it is a presence, is to understand life and meaning inextricably woven, lives bound together. All is grist for the mill, not only because the stones grind grain to flour, but because the many and varied contributions of each are transformed into sustenance for bellies, for souls, for all. So I'm going to shout out Deb Ponce, chair of Arlington Street's Prudential Committee, who introduced us to open space, which is a wonderful way to facilitate gatherings in which participants come to engage specific questions together. Open space, she taught us, works best when everyone brings a beginner's mind. Openness, flexibility, willingness, and fearlessness. The underlying discipline is that you play the ball where it lands. No shame, no blame. And everything that happens, mistakes, upsets, tangents, jokes, confusion, is potentially useful for learning, understanding, and appreciation. In addition, say the open space principles, whatever happens is the only thing that could have happened. Even if it seems that nothing has happened, the process itself surfaces truths and bonds us as a community. It's all grist for the mill. If you're intrigued, you can talk with Deb, our resident open space genius. Metabolizing all our experiences as spiritual fodder is counterintuitive and countercultural. Here are three quick examples. Zingerman's Deli in Ann Arbor, Michigan, periodically gives out an award for the best mistake. The idea is to feature it so everyone can learn from it. A businessman named Thomas Watson was asked if he was going to fire an employee who had made a mistake that cost the company $600,000. No, he replied. I just spent $600,000 training him. Why would I want somebody else to hire his experience? And there's this uh, week-long pottery competition in which one group is offered a prize for producing the single best pot made by anyone in the group. And a second group is offered a prize for the person who makes the most pots. All the finest pots are always made in that second group, the group that set out to make the most pots rather than one fabulous pot, because it said they learn so much from all the mistakes they make producing all those pots. Spiritual teacher Ramdas taught that as we quiet down our minds, as we trust ourselves, we find that we know the answer because each of us, he said, is a goddess in drag. And if everyone's a goddess in drag, then we can use everything that comes our way for waking up spiritually. I think of Mother Teresa referring to Christ 
in all his distressing disguises. In other words, the lessons are not necessarily going to come neatly packaged. So years ago, I heard a woman describe a terrible roommate situation. And as she spoke, all I could think was, you have to get out. But then as she finished telling her story, she said, I'm not leaving without my gift. And I thought, she is waiting for this person to give her a present. She's gone right around the bend. It took me a long time to understand that she was saying there was a pretty good chance she was going to keep ending up in situations like this until she figured out what the lesson was. To sit in that darkness, get really quiet, and trust the truth she knew deep inside. She wasn't leaving until the goddess in drag received that sparkly gift of understanding. While I was reading about Grist Mills for this sermon, I came across the story of a man named Samuel Kendall who had a mill in Enosburg, Vermont. In the 1820s, he was having trouble finding a market for his grain, so he built a distillery to make whiskey with the surplus. And one day he watched as a poor man came toward his gristmill carrying a load of corn. The man stopped as he was passing the distillery and stood rooted in that spot, looking back and forth between the distillery and the mill. And then he turned in at the distillery to trade his corn for whiskey instead of grinding it into flour for his family. Samuel Kendall rushed into the distillery and had his brother bag up the corn and give it back to the man. And this incident so shook him that he closed his distillery and became a forceful supporter of temperance. Insight doesn't always come so clearly. A lightning bolt that illuminates our path and changes us forever. But if we practice, we will learn to see in the darkness. It's all grist for the mill. To my knowledge, every student of comparative religions reads Houston Smith's The Religions of Man, and the exam always begins with having to distill the most salient theological tenets of each faith tradition. My professor, Dr. Stephen Rockefeller, gave us a wild hint. There's a story, he said, that embodies all of Taoism. Here it is, as Houston Smith tells us. There was a farmer whose horse ran away. His neighbor commiserated only to be told, who knows what's good or bad. And it was true, for that day the horse returned, bringing with it a drove of wild horses it had befriended. Can I just say, I love that Dr. Smith spoke of horses befriending each other. <laughs> the neighbor reappeared, this time with congratulations for the windfall. He received the same response. Who knows what's good or bad? Again, this proved to be true, for the next day the farmer's son tried to mount one of the wild horses and fell, breaking his leg. 
More commiserations from the neighbor, which elicited the question, who knows what's good or bad? And for a fourth time, the farmer's point prevailed. For the following day, soldiers came by commandeering for the army, and the son was exempted because of his injury. Taoism says it's all grist for the mill. In recent months, I've encouraged you to join me in asking not why is this happening to me, but why is this happening for me? This is a profound spiritual practice. I commend you to it and see if you don't find that some of its bitter gives way too sweet. I'm finding it's pointing me to look for the genuine goodness in a morass of not-so-goodness. Jeff Raymond, a 30-something-year-old who lives in Millbury, Massachusetts, told this story that begins in the snowstorm that came in right after Thanksgiving. His wife, Anne, is clearing their driveway when the old snowblower gives out. Peering underneath, she thinks she sees what's wrong, but she isn't sure how to repair it. Along comes the mailman, Dave, the same mailman who has delivered their family home for decades. Jeff writes, he was kind to my mother during her decline. Her Alzheimer's destroyed much of her memory, but not her enthusiasm for the daily arrival of Dave, the mailman. He hops out of his truck and takes a few moments to see if he can add small engine repair to his skill set. No luck. So Anne calls Alexander's small engine repair over on the other side of town, and Alexander's is happy to take a look, but they're busy, and they won't be able to get away to pick up the snowblower until just before Christmas. If Anne can get it to them, though, they'd be happy to look at it right away. Both the Raymonds drive small cars. The snowblower just isn't going to fit. So Anne goes to Facebook, asking if there's someone willing to deliver a snowblower to Alexander's. And someone from Millville, a stranger, messages that he'll be coming through Millbury in his truck and is happy to bring it over. No questions asked, writes Jeff. Just, I'm going to be in Millbury shortly and have a pickup truck. So Anne calls Alexander's to go over the plan with them, and the guy on the phone asks for a little more detail about the issue with the snowblower. Anne texts him pictures, and over the phone, he describes what's wrong and walks her through the process of resetting a piece that's come loose. After her crash course in small engine repair, she turns on the snowblower, and she's back in business. Just then, the Facebook hero swings by, happy for them, and offers to come back if the fix doesn't stick. Oh, and meanwhile, a neighbor who had seen the snowblower break down had come over and plowed out the rest of the driveway. Jeff writes, it was Giving Tuesday when all of this went down, but I know better than to assume that all these people came together independently to give us a hand because of a hashtag. For all that's wrong in the world right now, it's experiences like this that remind me that people are generally good and want to do good things for other people when they can. There are plenty of businesses and countless individuals giving their time and energy to make life better in their communities. Who knows what's good or bad? Bitter gives way to sweet, and the taste that remains it's sweet. A little kindness goes a long way, Jeff Raymond concludes. 
I hope I can pay it forward. Beloved spiritual companions, if everyone's a goddess in drag, everything is potentially useful for learning, understanding, and waking up spiritually. Everything can be transformed into sustenance for bellies, for souls, for all. If we practice, we will learn to see in the darkness. Don't leave without your gift. It's all grist for the mill. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.